Hello and welcome to the Bryce Cast. This is episode eight, I believe. I keep putting the same number on all the thumbnails. So I keep having to check. Um, yeah, we're cracking through them. Obviously, I am Bryce. I'll be bringing you all the action today. Action-packed week. Lots to talk about, but we'll get through it. Fortunately, I have brought a beautiful man and brilliant mind onto the podcast with me this time. Uh, Miles, how are you? Bryce, I'm very well, mate. I'm very, very well. Quite tired. Uh, but um, the the recent events, the COD World news has, has kept a pep in my step, mate. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that much. I mean, that's the crazy thing, right? Is Call of Duty had a great week, but you've also had a great week because you have a new puppy, which is I do, mate. stunning. He's, He's a sweet boy. Hang on. I'll see if I can get him. <laughs> oh no, he's fuck. No, he's in no. He's in the He's probably <laughs> oh. taking a shit on something. Um, oh, lovely. Yeah, mate. No, it's been cool. It's been cool. Check my Instagram and my Twitter for thousands of pictures. Thousands of pictures. Oh, I I don't doubt that at all. I don't doubt that at all. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Um. All right. Let's uh. Let's jump straight into the news then. Um. We will go into Cold War in a minute. Have you played Cold War, by the way? Mate, I have not. Oh. I've not. I know people who have played Cold War, and they've told me nothing. <laughs> as, as they're not allowed, you know, not allowed to say anything. You sign an NDA, as some people have found out. Um, obviously, with footage getting leaked, that yeah. person I don't think was involved in the launch. No, as a, as a result of that, no, an obvious name missing. But well, that's as far as we have to go there. But no, I haven't played it. I did really like what I saw, though. Um, I genuinely think uh, it, it sort of seems to be a really healthy mix in between, like where we're at with Modern Warfare, the things we liked about Modern Warfare and all the things we've come to expect of a Treyarch game. So I think yeah. we're actually in a good spot, like surface level. I think we're in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I think so as well. But we'll, we'll get to that and we'll kind of break down stuff we've heard about it and, and so on and so forth. And obviously you can sidestep all the things you're not supposed to say and I'll try and- no get... shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Nobody's sure. made me sign nothing. Um, but we got to talk about Rostermania because I thought last Rostermania would be interesting, obviously because of all these players getting signed and everything. This is the season of player dropping. 45 Ooh. players or something? 45 players without a guaranteed spot for next year. Amazing. Amazing, it's unreal, right? unreal, right? Well, we always talk about Rostermania. We all want it to be drama-filled. We want to see some spice in the timelines. Yeah. We want to see, you know, we want we want those like dream rosters to be built. And I sort of we we almost got that with the opening season of the CDL. We almost got, okay, this is it. Teams you've never seen formed before. Very few squads made it across from yeah. into the era of franchising, and it was really fun. It was really exciting. I think that was the best quote unquote Rostermania we're gonna see. Yeah, this was more like a purge. This was way more. Uh, cutthroat and i think a lot of people are throwing around that like oh, i was business decisions or it was you know uh, i don't know like contract stuff but at the end of the day like this was this was a a, a cataclysmic shift in yeah. the card world right 4v4 is something that we have been harping on about since black ops 4 yeah you know we've wanted it dearly like and this is player consensus this is commentator this is almost everyone across the board as far as i know the only people who really pushed for 5v5 was treyarch when bo4 came out they wanted to showcase the operators. Yeah. We fucking didn't. We did not showcase. <laughs> the, well, not the operators. What do they call them? The fucking the, the, we all the, all the like the specialists, right? They that's what we wanted. We wanted they they wanted to be like cool. Let's see how the how like the, the, all those skills interplay with each other. Fucking didn't, and that's fine, right? Yeah. This wasn't quite Overwatch. They didn't build the Avengers. 
it was still just COD and the competitive community did what they do with it, right? So I think that's fine. And 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 now we're in a situation where we've kind of rolled back. And of course, it's Treyarch once again at the helm being like, fuck it. We tried something. It didn't work. Let's roll that shit back, right? That's been really cool for me. So again, I think we're in a good, spa- a good spot, but just... <sighs> 4v4, it's where we should be, man. It's yeah. just where we should be. No, I, I feel like funny enough, Hasbro didn't agree with me when I had him on last week. Um, he said he liked 5v5, which I, I obviously, you know, he can have his own opinion. I just disagree mm. with his opinion. Um, and you are right. Like, I feel like it's something that we've all known about, but people haven't been, like, allowed to say in that context because you can't just go there and say it's it's bad, it's worse. Especially, you know, when you're working for the company, you can't go, no, this is a terrible decision. Even though behind the scenes, everyone went, yeah, this is a terrible decision. Yeah, this is this is this bad. Is mess, yeah. <laughs> we hate I, this. I, 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 I kind of get it, but we're all just like, oh, this is this is like a bag of cats. Like this shit's crazy. Yeah. You know, this is. I, I and I just think I think we've come so far, and I think everyone's so much more mature about this. Um, I think everyone is so much more mature about mature about this. Not even just players, uh, well, maybe not the players. Scratch that. But like the commentators and like even like the businesses like Treyarch and the way Treyarch handle shit online, the way Infinity Ward handle shit online. Like again, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but like I think everyone's getting much much better at this. And like transparency really really helps. Like the fact that we only push fives because Treyarch wanted to do it for their game, and we were like, this might be the way it is forever now. Like the fact that now it's no longer that way, like is pretty cool. I just I just worry about the future of players um, and not necessarily like the health of the league, but like the health and virility of like the player pool, like the professional yeah. player pool. That's one of my biggest concerns. Because we've, we've axed a lot of folks. You said it there, Bryce, 45 plus, probably yeah. for a week now. I haven't checked where that number could be outdated. Um, I truly think that like, yeah, that that's... We've taken a big hit, a big, big hit of a lot of talent that's not going to be on starting rosters, substitutes who may never see a starting roster again in the professional scenes. Like... Being get a, ready to lose some household names it's 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 horrifying it is horrifying and I, we won't go into this now but i've i've been working on at least i haven't i've written down a few bits but i've been looking re-looking at the challenge league because i think it's now more important than ever and i have made it vocal and it's always been difficult for me to say things about challenger because obviously there is a certain amount of bias there considering i did the open bracket and i quite mm. i've said before you know i thought there was a ton of mistakes made with the way that the open was broadcast when i was doing it I made that very well known to the people behind the scenes. I think I tweeted about it. I've talked about it. Um, I think not doing challenges is somehow worse. I was like, well, we've made a lot of mistakes doing the open bracket. And then they got the challenges. Like, well, we won't do it then. I'm like, oh, God, that's not what I meant. It's uh, <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not the bad way or We're nothing. <laughs> We're trying to help. <laughs> um, so I'm actually like, I've got to do a, a video on it. And it's a quite intensive video because you have to be very careful with these things. But it is Right now, you are right. It is crazy because I believe yeah. there is a very healthy amount of competition in the challenges. And I, I almost liken it to like, you know, college sports in America, right? There is this underlay, and people love it. People get really into that, even though, you know, they're not the big, big super names. I'm like, well, why can't we have that in Call of Duty? We have a unique esport in the fact that we do have this thriving open event you know, thing that we've always had, a massive sense of community. That's what I want. And I think now is the time to strike. I've been hearing rumors that obviously it is changing anyway, but that's what I want. If we are going to drop to 4v4 again and all these talented people are going down and there's more teams and challenges now, we know, we know, Miles, that if we took some of the challenger teams and put them into the league last year, they would have beaten some teams. I think at times, yeah, I agree. I think at times, yeah. And yet some of those players will never get picked up. Especially Ever. this year. I don't think we're going to see more than like maybe one or two amateurs, period, come up. 
but yeah, there's no way. I mean, look, if you look at, I, I, I talked about this to no end um, on my stream with just with, with casual COD fans, but like take every single roster, delete one player, right? That player probably goes to the bench, right? And yeah. that's if they don't. If they do go to the bench, cool. If they don't, well, now you have to get rid of almost all of your bench because it's like a minimum five or maximum five players, four starters and one on the bench, right? Yeah. So now look at Toronto, half the roster's gone. All those players now free agents. You just like you just keep trimming all these little shavings of these yeah. carrots are now in the sink. That sink is full of carrots, yeah. full of it, right? You have to do something with those players, and they're all good. They're all perfectly capable and in the right combinations. They're championship winners, right? That is like the most daunting thought um, as a as like a GM or an owner. Like I got yeah. a DM from one of the owners yesterday, and he just goes, "What do you think about all this?" And I was like, <laughs> "It looks." insane and he was like we're trying to work out xyz da, da, da. and i was like give us some dirt give me some rumors didn't get shit but <laughs> I was, it was just to hear that it's from the top level down they're looking at this like this is really difficult to work out this is a very very difficult situation like and that's not even yeah. knowing the complexities of like people's individual um, salaries their the contracts they've all got like yeah. how complicated those are because like i hear things every now and then about like hey this guy's got a special uh clause in his contract that means like if he gets an all-stars that's really really important for him and what happens for his career next year and i'm like but that might have nothing to do with anything that yeah. might be down to player voting or like the commentators voting like what the fuck like someone's career ba is based off of like an arbitrary decision that's made by the fans i'm like yeah. that's terrifying or like with crim we gave crim the mvp we could have given it to clay but like the consensus was there like okay if we give clay mvp does he remain on the roster and Crim's the one that's now looking for a squad? Like, what the fuck? I don't think that's what's <laughs> happened. But like that, it just the, thinking about the amount of decisions and the amount of challenges that go through all this, like for the GMs and for the owners, is staggering, man. It's yeah. exhausting. No, I, I can uh, I can totally sympathise with that. I had a but enough before I was doing this. I was in a call for the esports awards uh, about all the things this year, and I, I, it always gets me because if I see a weird like uh, nomination on Twitter for that sort of stuff. And people are like, yo, who's on this panel? And I'm sitting there going, shit, I'm on the panel, but that's not the way I voted. <laughs> like, there's nothing I can do about it. The panel's like 24 deep. And that's the thing, right? Like, you liken it to, like, these minute decisions make such a big impact. Like, I know last year um, in the Esports Awards, I voted for Simp for Console Player of the Year for many reasons. And I was in the panel discussion call, and I said, look, and it wasn't just me. There were a few other people in there that, even with we're voting, you know, say the same thing. Look, this guy's done more than any other console player this year. Unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, there were a load of morons in there who didn't vote that way. And then there was something to do with the number. It was, it was so. And then when another name came out, credit to them. I, I think it was Sonic Fox. I think um, probably. Yeah. And I was like, Christ! I was like, Come on! That was one of the greatest, you know, come ups ever. But that's a change, right? Because now he's not console player of the year last year. He's just he was just rookie of the year, and that's still a massive achievement. But Mm. It's a massive difference in terms of something you put on your CV. And, I mean, this roster mania already has got a bit down and dirty, right? Like, people are having to go about the 44 with no expansion. People are stabbing people in the back on Twitter by the look of it. We'll go into that in just a second. Lit. And I've heard, I've heard shit about agents this year as well, just being <laughs> scumbags. And I've, I've banged on about it before, Miles. You know, you know my theory on all this. I basically just hate everybody. Um, it is... It is insane let's talk a little bit about um we've got to cover it right we've got to cover the waskins versus is it assault i think it was assault yeah yeah, yeah. it was, assault. Assault it was essentially it was essentially assault versus the marshals right yeah um 
my surface level taking this like i went through reddit i had a little breeze of the reddit post yeah. i saw the tweets as they came through i thought it was bad taste i thought it was really really bad taste um i saw it's not a bad player as far as i'm aware he's not a bad dude but like something in him and maybe after a bad year like I, personal stuff aside i don't know anything about his personal life obviously getting dropped from the rocker roster or being released as i think we call it these days is a it's clearly had a hit on him and don't get me wrong covid is challenging quarantine is hard and especially out here in the us where like most cities you can't go out you're not meant yeah. to go out it's driving us all <laughs> mental right not me i'm a hermit Drew. i'm fine well, even <laughs> even as a i'm also a bit of a hermit like i'll go down on the road get a cup of coffee whatever i'll come back but like it is it was just it's just driving everyone a bit mad and i feel like the, the tension could not be higher especially for the players like champs was in our bedrooms for four million dollars right all of that is just weighing in and it's just it, it was we're reaching a point where i'm actually surprised more shit hasn't happened at this point in time the sort of boiling pot of personalities and stress and pressure that this industry and these players have anyway right i'm amazed that we didn't go further i'm amazed that something more dramatic hasn't happened but as far as i'm concerned it's bad taste from assault uh, and I think there was a post on Reddit that was like, this guy, this is not his first offense. Someone made like a little compilation, like a, a collage of like old assault quotes of him talking about like how much money he's won, slamming methods, or like saying like, how am I not one of the top ARs in the game? And like really calling out the fans and really calling out the players. And I just thought like, all right, man, like fucking get over it. Like I get this is a tough time. I get you're going through a lot of shit. I get there's a lot of pressure on you play. Awful. Everything's bad. But don't bring a rumor to the timeline when that sort of shit can influence people's careers right yeah. that's bad taste man and that and that lines up with everything i've just said about who's winning mvps or like who's getting shit done based on fan whatever all that shit adds up and this is just a this just feels like one that you didn't need to make so public right and that's where that's where i'm so upset about this that's where i think this is a real bad move from us all no i i actually i agree with you there because i think the the biggest problem i have with what he did right is is the fact that we don't know if it's true, right? Like, who who knows oh. if it's true? Like, if it, if it is true, then it's still not your place to say it, right? No. It's just not. If it and if it isn't true, then why are you saying? And the thing is, we'll never know. We'll never know <laughs> what the truth is there because how can we? And I, here's the thing: regardless of what you hear in the background, you never know. Like, they could have been the the marshals could have been doing this shit. They could have been. But even people who know the truth, like their teammates or their, their or they're never going to tell us. They're never going to tell us. So Salt's basically I mean, like, I don't, uh, you are right. He just, it just went into the Reddit. And I was like, because I thought it was on Twitter. I first started to look for when he said this on Twitter. I was like, what do you mean it's in the Reddit? It's not even a thread. He's just put it into one of the things. Just slipped it yeah. in. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is that in there? Just browsing, just browsing the TL looking for shit to start. Like, I mean, and this, this is, you think of like all the other stuff that we've heard about this year, like all the drama with OGLA and Dashi maybe being underperforming because he didn't want yeah. to be on the roster and he was sandbagging intentionally, whatever. Like, we are all speculating that's the case. Kenny's come out and said nothing really of any value. No one on that squad's saying anything of any value. They let him go. They were like, cheers for your time, mate. Thanks for that wicked search and strong Piccadilly, whatever. Like, they've, that's where we left it. They didn't have to go, Mans wasn't getting up, wasn't doing all this shit. Like, yeah, I know there was a degree of that, but like, it's just not the same. Like, it's not the same as publicly outing someone when in this world and in this job your relationships are everything it's it's everything it, how you network it, we call it the friend league throughout what <laughs> bo4 yeah and like the start of this, it was like well who's your mates well there's gonna be teammates because they're the ones you're gonna get on with and play the game with at a high level all year long like, it doesn't necessarily matter who's good how did bows get a 
fucking subplot. <laughs> hey, I did I I love them both, but I'm pretty sure Maniac has never played on the PlayStation 4. <laughs> like, I'm, I'll, I'll go as far to say that now. Don't get me wrong, massive fan of his Halo career. What the fuck's he doing on a roster? I don't know. I'm, but I'm, that's hope, not up to I'm me. hoping there's less of that this year. No, there's only what, like... I, don't, I don't think there'll be any of that this year, bro. <laughs> I don't think there'll be any of that. And it's just weird to me. It's just weird to me. But that is a perfect indicator of friends get jobs, friends get, you know, networking is so, yeah. so important. It's the same in our job. You got to know the right people. Yeah. And if you don't know those people or if those people know you and they think you're a twat, you're not going to get the job. Not in this, your, in your case, I think, Bryce. I think everyone... <laughs> no, no, I'm just a twat. That's basically how it is. Uh, <laughs> just just call me out there. It's fine. I don't know anybody. All right, Miles, Jesus. <laughs> um, this is not where I thought we were going. No, um, I think it, it bothers me. Like, there's so much that bothers me and I try not to rant daily about this shit because i just look bitter and it's like here's the thing and it's one of the reasons i like talking on the podcast about this because i can't put my thoughts into a fucking as many characters on twitter as it allows you nowadays like there's no way to explain context there's no way to add caveats and play devil's advocate with this shit i've said before i consider most of the staff in in here at least in the very first year incompetent you know in in uh, in the franchises right i've said it publicly i believe and, and i don't think a lot in, in a lot of cases not their fault some of the coaches don't have the experience. Some of the coaches don't have the power, right? We don't know what's going on internally in the franchises. Like, there's no there's no way for them to be competent, right? And that's fine. But just accept that that is a thing rather than covering it up. Um, and it's the same way with these players. Like, we don't know, and you don't know. Say, you're, say uh, let's take, uh, I don't know, say you're Toronto Ultra, right? And you want to pick up a new player from Surge. Say you want to pick up Apathy, right? You can only go on what you see on screen. You don't know he's behind the scenes. Because their, their coaches ain't going to tell you shit. They ain't going to tell you the truth. Like, they're just... I mean, they might. <laughs> but could you take that? Like, how do you know the right move to make there at this day? Especially with the CDO in its first year. Because mm-hmm. people... Bear mm-hmm. in mind, I said this. before. The pre- years we've had before has been full of cowboys, shysters, con men, and idiots. There are some good eggs. Not going to deny that. There are some good eggs. But then you move into Great CDL, is. right? You move into CDL, the franchising, and everybody's taking a step up. It is a step higher now. We are more professional. We are doing more work. The same people are still in those fucking jobs. <laughs> it's not, they haven't suddenly transformed. We've not got a whole new roster of people because there isn't, it isn't that deep. The talent yeah. pool for that sort of thing isn't that deep. And these people will have to get better and they will eventually be weeded out. But we don't know. We don't know if a pro player is rocking up three minutes after they woke up to a scrim, putting in a half shift, can't be bothered to be coached, but still putting up okay numbers on teams. You're like, oh, he's had an okay consistent year. He could be a lot better. He could be dragging his teammates down. Maybe he just baits the shit out of everybody. We don't know. We don't get to see everything. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't envy any franchise in roster mania because I think it's so easy to get it wrong. It is. And not only is it easy to get it wrong, but what are you basing a lot of your decisions off of? Players telling you, I want a team with this guy, he's really good, and he's my mate, and we saw them play the Cold War beta, and he looked all right. You know what I mean? You're building your roster on very, very unreliable data, right? And that's something that I think we have as an issue in COD here, where it's like, happened last year, right? People put down, on paper, some of the sickest rosters in history, maybe for the game before, right? Yeah. Going into a brand new game where everything is different, it's fucking impossible. It's impossible to predict for the future, especially with a game that changes so much like COD can. Patches can be huge. You know, they can have such 
earth shattering consequences on the way we play the game and that can change the way a player is like look at the way the sorg changed bo4 like all of a sudden bang simps the man you know yeah he was great all year but you've just given him a change that's made him and abizi literally the most the two most dangerous players in the league like that shit happens and you can't predict that stuff. You just have to get these players. I think the best way to go about this now, like saying all that out loud, you have to have a roster of players, you know, across like the sort of character makeup of a team. Yeah. You need a strong leader who um, who can lead, who can genuinely lead from the front. And I mean that in game and I mean that out of game. Something keeps everyone's heads cool. You need some superstar dude who can go absolutely off his head. And then you need two players who are super reliable. It's like a band, man. You need the bassist and the drummer to keep that, keep yeah. the rhythm going, make sure everything's cool. Front man, make sure that, you know, everyone's having a good time. And the dude in the lead guitar is giving it what he can there. Sure, 5v5, you would have had a rhythm guitarist, maybe a keyboard player. <laughs> but fuck it, we're a four-piece. I just think, yeah, you just need to have this more solid makeup. And I think that's the sort of template that these coaches and GMs have to have going into this. And that's not a lot of players to work with. Yeah. It's so hard, man. No envy whatsoever for the people who have to do that now. And if you're listening, man, I, uh, my prayers. My prayers for you, honestly. Yeah, I think there's, I think it's a good point you brought up. Like, I was thinking about this with what, actually what Waskin said. He said, oh, this is now a black mark against my name. And I'm like... That's probably true, actually. Now I think about it, that's actually probably very true. And the reason being is like something I said. I said sometimes you have to measure the intangibles, and it's not mm. easy to do that when you don't. All you get to see is like a glorified version of that player on main stage telling you how much they want to, you know, to win, to practice. And you sit there going, none of these players are perfect. You know, some of them are going to have off days. Some of them are going to be assholes behind the scenes. Miles, we probably know more than most people of what we've heard about players behind the scenes, right? Some of things, awful. yeah. Think of it's not public, you know, um, because for some reason players like talking to casters. That must be why. Um, some of them are great though. Some of them are really good. You <laughs> yeah. thought, I feel terrible for some of them. I'm like, mate, here's some good advice. Do this, do that. Whatever. Yeah. Blah blah blah. But trust me, I've been around the block. Blah blah blah. blah I feel blah. like this yeah. is the the point now where we will start seeing more of that come to because people will be looking further on because everybody goes at the start of the year. It's the same shit. Like, oh, I'm super dedicated to this team. We're going to be great. Uh, love the vibes. You know, three months in, they've had a shit get a couple of events. It's like, oh, it's all, you know, I don't want to get up for practice or he's not practicing or he's not doing this yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm like, well, and this is this is kind of painting a brush over everybody, but it's something I've always believed. I don't know how coachable players are right now because they aren't used to being coached, period. Like That's a really good point. Like it, That's just not happened. You say you know, these players with the discipline to sit down and admit they've done shit or admit they've got a bad attitude... They aren't always going to be the players you, ex you expect. Some people's raw talent will carry them through, and they'll just use that to carry on. Oh, I'm dropping a 1.2, so fuck the rest of you. Um, you know, regardless of whether or not they're supporting the teammates or helping break shit down, I'm hoping the coaching staff, you know, as we get further into this, will be able to go, right, this guy is coachable. He may not be the greatest at this point, but give me nine months. Give me the league, and we will and get him there. Because yeah, realistically, yeah. you got to do well at champs, but I don't know how many players like that there are because I don't think yeah. I don't think players are as coachable as they could be. I think it's a really, really good point, man. And I, I, I go back to the idea of like with coaches and whatnot. You're like, okay, so who were the most impactful players this year for me, bar none? It was either the super humble young upstarts like the Shotsies or the Mac Meltz guys, like those dudes who came in came in from the amateur side of things, who clearly are coachable to a degree because yeah. they're they're here, they're excited, they're willing to listen. They don't have this sort of they're not deafened by the clatter of their own championship rings on their fingers. Like yeah. they that's not stopping them listening, which I, I worry about, man. I really do. Like, don't get me wrong. 
being a great player, being brilliant, being Michael Jordan is one thing, but like you, you had to get to that point. You have to get, you have to become that Michael Jordan. Like Krim is for me, the guy with me where I'm like, Ray is probably a good coach to have because he definitely knows what he's talking about and he can speak really authoritatively and I reckon they have a good relationship. Don't know anything about him personally. That's just a surface level take. I reckon Krim goes, Ray, I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And Ray goes, let me think about it. Let's do this instead. And I reckon they get to a consensus yeah. and maybe that's where you go from there. I don't think a lot of other teams do that. I really don't, man. I think there's a lot of coaches out there who have got the toughest job in the world. And yeah. I go back to the basketball analogy now where I'm like, COD is almost perfectly like the NBA, right? The CDL is the NBA. College basketball is challenges. They're not making, well, they are making money, which is actually great. They're not necessarily having their rights stolen from them like <laughs> college basketball players are, but like they, they, there is a, a breeding ground for like amazing talent there. And we've seen yeah. a taste of it this year, which is really cool. We saw a taste of it with Drowser Hollow, Mac Melts, Awakening, like four players who everyone remembers. They yeah. truly remember them because like they came out of nowhere and they made a massive difference for their team. I can't think of any other amateurs throughout the year that did it or even did anything of any note, you know, outside of like, the guys on Team War winning everything, or like Singularity every now and then. Like, I, I just don't remember those guys. But the guys who came into the Pro League and truly turned heads, the coachable ones, Bryce. I think you're really onto something there, man. And well, I, I just think... It's interesting. You, you want to hit point there, Miles. Right? And it just, it's just a theory I have. Mm. You said, you know, take um, you know, shots here nearly, right? Come in as rookies. Think about who they're with, right? And think about last year, it was Simp. Yeah, man. All right, hundred percent. Come through, and yeah, we click. Yeah, we click because you walk into that scenario as a person, right? You are brand new, and you're like, "Holy shit, I'm in the, I'm in the league. This is the big leagues." And as confident as you are, right, you sit down in a meeting, right? Pretend you're Chelsea, and even though you're a Halo World Champion, right? You've done it. You are. <laughs> you've been a champion. You're sitting down next to Crim and Clay. There's no like, unless you are the most egotistical confident person in the world there's no way you're going to sit there and talk shit to them when you first join that team you're just going to yeah. go yes sir that's fine and that and for Crim and Clay that's probably sure. great because they're sitting there going well we've got to keep up with these ridiculously talented players but I can help push them where I want them to go because I know how to play this game same with Ray yeah, I know how to win I know yeah. exactly what we need to do to win mate it's so interesting like I've got two two funny little stories about this one where the first one that comes to mind was I think it was oh man I'm trying to remember what bar we were in it was one of the champs I think it was world war ii what was the year when slasher was on envy and he had like hook was there he had another youngster like it was a squad that like was it oh man i can't remember now it was like slasher and these like young warriors hook was definitely on that roster i might have to look it up because it's pretty important but like i think it was envy i think i think you're right anyway the, the point was like i think it was the world war ii team yeah um, it was, it was, everyone looked at this they looked to this squad and they were like, yo, they're going to be incredible. And Slash Attempt Classic, I think it was that. But they yeah, ended up having a really, really, really bad um, season. But we were still looking at that squad going like, they're good, they're good. And again, they didn't survive the year. But I remember Slasher at a bar somewhere, one of the events, he turned to me and I was like, I was like dude, you got a good roster here, man. It's like, what's going on? He was like, I just need him to fucking listen to me. And he said something to that. I mean, we were all pretty drunk. He said something <laughs> to that extent. He was like, he was like, they're really good players. I, I just need them to listen to what I'm saying. I just need them to hear me out. And I was like, that's so interesting because I would have imagined that that squad wouldn't have been a little bit more coachable, like based on the age of those players and like the characters in that team. But it, that is the same notion of like, listen to the listen to that one brain. You've got to have that single focal point because otherwise communication gets crossed, everything gets messy. The other example of that I've got is uh, Florida Mutineers this year. When they turn their series or season around, um, I got to spend a lot more time with them, talking to them on, on various podcasts and what like that. 
and um, obviously Ogre 2 was the GM and he was helping call some of the shots. Of course, Ricky Aturi, their coach, did a really good job. And I was talking to Skies about this one. I was playing Warzone with Skies and I was like, dude, what is it like to have Ogre 2 as a GM? And he was like, he's like, I had to Google him. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's like he, he, was, he's like, he just seemed like a cool guy. He seemed super smart, but I didn't know. And then it's like, I Googled him and I was like, shit, dude, this guy is legit. I was like, yeah, man, of course. So like, he looked into it and he heard, it, he heard him out and he was like, I was listening anyway because he was he seemed like a really smart guy but in the back of his mind he was like who the fuck's this dude who is this guy telling me what to do you know that is so important man it's It's so so it's so funny you mentioned that miles because i brought this up actually a little while a couple of weeks back and said someone said they don't think ogre 2 is a factor i was like are you serious i was like i was like come on man like that level of intelligence and knowing and being in that situation like it's not an accident these people know what they're doing Um, no it's but, not. Talk to him for five minutes about anything. You go, this dude gets it. Yeah. Anything. But that's you that's, it, that's the thing. Like, I wonder when we're going to see more of that. Because I don't think everybody, every team obviously doesn't have an Ogre 2. Every team doesn't have a Rambo Ray. Every team doesn't have that ability to mold these players. And some of them, no. as, as much as I don't want to say it, are never going to be in that position. And I think they're going to start being found out more and more. And people are going to go, we could have you, but the the truth of the situation is I'd rather have a team that wants to win. And, as, you know, everyone pays lip service say they want to win, but some people don't really want to win. Some people want to do well enough to get their fucking paycheck. And- exactly. And that's a big worry for me as well. Sorry to cut you off there. No, the no, paycheck's no. a big worry for you, man. Like, I think for a lot of these players, the the true glory of the win isn't what drives them anymore. I think a lot of players are like, I just want to get the bag, man. I just want to get my big paycheck. I'm a pro card player. I've done my time. I just want to get... $200,000 a year and and just play COD all day, you know, and like, oh yeah, it's going to be lit. No, I don't think enough, I, I don't know, but I don't think there are enough players out there who are like, I will give my life, my heart, my soul, anything yeah. it takes to get that win. Like, I don't know. You know, there's, and there are some players that clearly have it and you can see it on their faces when they lose. Yeah. You can see it in their gameplay. Like they are driving beyond the fucking boundaries of what they are humanly capable of to try to pull out the dub. Like there is a state of mind that some of those guys have and there are others that just don't. And like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying like the quiet guy on Twitter who doesn't tweet, he doesn't want to be a champion. Like you can't, that's not what I'm saying. But I like, I just feel like there are too many players like who have sort of, I don't want to say like, I'm not sure if I'm I'm spinning a room here. This is all theory craft, but like there are too many dudes like that who have kind of polluted what is a really good bunch of apples. I think they're being like they're almost getting. No, no. So here's here's something. Don't, I don't think enough of them want it. Truly want it. The, the win. And that and what's even rarer is something we were just talking about is saying, "Oh, I want to win. It's burning with me." But then having the sense to realize that. You have to also have your teammates with you. Because some of them go, oh, I mm. want to win so much and this guy's shit and I fucking hate him and they'll go and they'll slaughter him online and they'll they'll talk shit and they won't want to play with him and they'll sit in the team meetings all huffy and I'm doing my job and all I want to do is win without realising going, well, if you really wanted to win that much, you've got to understand that the rest of your team are also there with you and they're never going to improve if you just... People get defensive mm. when you when you say bad things to them. Like I said, yeah. you know, I, I, I give players a lot of credit because... It's especially now. It's not easy to be an eighteen-year-old, get pulled into a league, get paid two hundred k, and have perspective. Like it's just not. No way, man. Like, dude, if you gave me two hundred k at twenty years old to just play, <laughs> I'd probably be dead now. Like, I'd probably. I, I, I honestly would. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't think I'd be able to keep myself together because I'd be like, I'm set almost this year. Like, I made two hundred k in a year, and I didn't win shit. This is dope. 
this is the good life. Yeah, there's pressure and all that stuff. But like, bro, I'm sweet. I'm sending money home to my fam, like whatever. Like, why do I need to win? Do you know what I mean? What what is actually yeah. driving me? Krim brought this up when he talked on the podcast. He talked about having a day job and what it was like to work in. He was working like a sporting goods store, you know, and he was folding the goggles, the ski goggles. And he was just like, I've got to do this 900 times a day. I don't want to do this. Once he got the opportunity to get out, he ran for it. And he's done everything in his power to not let that happen again. I think a lot of dudes don't have that, man. And there's guys who have been, there have been teenage players who have gone from like GBs or whatever, like running pockets, making cash from other players. And that's been their day jobs. And that's been yeah. what they do. They have no idea what the real world is like and how hard it can be and how good they've got it. And this is, but you can say the same thing for any professional athlete. Like imagine, but I think the deal with other professional leagues is imagine in the Premier League, someone decides like, hey, I'm not really feeling it today. I might not show up to practice or I'm not yeah. really giving it my all today. They're like, right, well, you're out, man, mate. You're not getting your 200,000 pounds a week. Fuck off. And that would be that. <laughs> that that would be that. That's the thing. So, you know, this this 45 players dropped because we've gone slightly off tangent here talking about this. Sort yeah, of stuff. <laughs> one of the key, because I made a video about this and I, I forgot one of the points, but I said, you know, there are several key reasons why this has happened. One, I thought everyone was overpaid. Two, which someone actually, a pro player, slid in my DMs and reminded me of this fact, which pissed me off because I'd forgotten it. The expansion potential for next year means that a one plus one wouldn't have covered it. So there wouldn't have been a buyout for those teams who maybe wanted to grab a more expensive player. Mm. Um, and the third one, and this is the one that you know players need to understand doesn't come from a place of hatred, is that you probably aren't worth the money you were paid. No. Period. You just aren't no. worth it. If you're an average player, yet. yeah, if you're an average player in this league, there are now 45 people out of work they can replace you with. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's a race 100%. to the bottom. So you, unfortunately, you know, if you haven't done a lot of media or you haven't done a big brand or you aren't the face of the franchise and you've had an average year and if your attitude isn't T1 or they haven't got any one of a million reasons to keep you, then get the fuck out. <laughs> as far as I can say, I've got 45 other people I can try. Right, yeah. especially if you haven't, I, if can... we haven't win shit this year, get out. Yeah, and I just think, I think we are going to see a lot of that, man. I think we're going to see a lot of that, and I and I'm glad. If anything, like I don't want, I don't want a league of mediocrity. I want every single player on every single team to be a psycho who who is gunning for that win no matter what. Yeah, you know, and I think that and that will truly raise the competition. That will truly raise the bar of everyone. That will raise the quality of the league. That raise that makes the viewership more interesting. Like everything about this, like. I, again i don't know but i just i like the idea that where we're going now is like we're trimming the fat man we're trimming the yeah. fat in a really positive way and i know it sucks for those individuals and i know that some people are going to get hard done by i know that some of the sort of more difficult characters aren't going to get teams just because it's just what it is and there's limited spots now and it is yeah. it, the, the friend zone is very real um but i just think in the long run it's going to be good and again I, one thing I, one major change i want to see coming out of all of this is an attitude towards players like if someone is not performing if someone yeah. is rocking up late if someone is is pulling the rest of the squad down if someone is causing issues hit the fucking pine so hard and and hit slap with a fine give them a different salary whatever man like if they are not performing we ain't got time for this shit that's Look at the amount of teams this year that didn't make changes and suffered as a result of it when they could have made a change or when they had the opportunity to bring somebody in off the bench. Get out. Like, yeah. we ain't got time for this shit. The year will be over before we know it. And if by some magical moment we go back to land because COVID d does one, then it's even more important. Then, you know, we're back in person. Your spot's even more at risk because now you have to deliver there once again. And we want to put on a real show, man. We want to really, we want to put the shit on for the world. 
if you're not performing, piss off. And yeah. I think that I want that to be the case now, yeah. man. I want this to be a tighter ship across the board. Yeah, it goes for the coaching staff as well, right? Like, I think yeah, as far as I can see, every year, basically every coach has been re-signed, which blew my freaking mind. Um, yeah. Until I, I one I, more thing on until I remember. Sorry, one more thing on that, mate. One more thing on that. I think there's a lot of players that don't really understand how hard it is to coach someone, and they just sort of go, "I can do it. I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. I know all about this 100%. shit." But you don't have any. You don't know anything about how to manage a personality. You don't know anything about social skills. You don't know anything about like true sports psychology. This shit is hard. If you can go to university about it, you can't just dive in and have a fucking go. <laughs> Miles, I worry I about you. that, man. I love I you so much because that was my next point. <laughs> coaching true, it? coaching like, is, it... is not just knowing the game. Of, especially because the game changes every year. I'm afraid to tell you this, but it changes every year. So we have to redo our knowledge every year. Coaching isn't about... If you want to watch championship, you could still be a shit coach. If you are Absolutely. one of the greatest players of all time, you could still be a shit coach. Shit coach. Coaching is player management. It is... Making sure to get these people scheduled to get them so to make them a better player at the end of the year, right? Yeah, you, just knowing shit is not good enough. No, man, you have to identify a person's strengths and weaknesses outside of the game. You have to be able to go like, I mean, just just watch the last dance and see what they did when when Rodman wasn't performing. What did they do? They let him have twenty forty eight hours in Vegas. He took seventy eight or whatever. But like when he got back in on the court. It was as if nothing had changed because they knew that that was a part of his personality. He needed that. You have to identify that. And if you can't identify that in a person, you can't just be like, I need you to just fucking just keep pushing B, bro. Get the trades, bro. Just keep, you know, like, no, dude, there's so much more to this. It's so, so much more. And it's so much more important. I had another point. I was going to go on a run there. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those jobs. This is not one of those jobs that you should just jump into with no experience. Like there are a few things you can do. You can, dare I say it, you can maybe lifeguard a swimming pool because you just have to not let people drown. Seems pretty straightforward. You can hand out flyers and clearly you can be the president of the United States. No prior experience required. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck it. No. <laughs> Fuck it. You know what no, I mean? Think, like, just just get involved. Right. And I'm sure there are some coaches out there saying this is bullshit, whatever. But there are, I don't, I've said this before, and this is the same thing with analysts. Right? We've said this in, you don't have to be an ex-pro player to be a good analyst. You just have to know how to break shit down and put it forward. Yeah. And it's kind of the same as coaching. It's knowing how to talk to people. And to coach, and I'm sure if you ask any yeah. sports coaches, it's very much the same thing. But it's it's mad to me. It is insane to me. Like that no coaches have been made redundant until I realised that there really isn't that many options out. There just isn't. No, no, there's not. We talk there's about it. there just isn't that many options. Like who are they going to take? There isn't anybody, and that's why I said I don't I don't blame coaches. It's because it's a difficult job to do because you don't know what the players let them do. So I I suspect there are more than one things in the uh, franchise at the moment where players are too valuable for a coach to remove. And they can't do anything about it. The franchise will be like, yo, yeah. we're not letting this asset sit on the bench. And you're like, yeah, well, I need yeah. to. He's an asshole. Uh, yeah, but he's performing well. Yeah. But he's an asshole. I need to bench him. And they're like, well, you can't bench him. And they're like, well, what the fuck do I do then? You know? Um, it's, it's, it's hard, man. Oh, it's horrific. It's, but it's, it, there's more I mean I just keep going back to it there was um, was it Mia Stelberg I said to Google her name she was the Australis she's a sports psychologist that Australis the CSGO team hired um, she transformed their, their entire squad she transformed the way they approach everything and it's like what do you do when you wake up in the morning what kind of routine have you got and like the, the amount of work and obviously sure, the cost she had um, she went and joined OG she went you know she, she was with that team for like the international 19 or, or 9 or whatever um, and they like they won because you turn gamers into professional yes and like a proper athlete yeah like genuinely a proper athlete and like that i don't think that like your mate the guy you teamed with for them yeah. for that land once no i don't think that's the case don't get me wrong i know those people can learn and i know that there are a lot of 
soft skills that you will have as a player and as a person yeah. you know players very well i don't know i need that's a part of this whole thing like we're leveling up the scene and if we're going to level this shit yeah. up take this more seriously that there's it has to happen every every single rung of the ladder yeah not easy because you have to do like a tiny bit at a time. But no, I couldn't agree with you more, Marlo. So something to bang on about. It's, a, it's like, and we're getting off a tangent again. We need to cover Cold War in a minute. Um, <laughs> Hold if, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is this is something I want to talk about because I've said this before. And funny enough, like one of the worst things that I ever got flack for, right, while casting was back in 2013, right, where I'd seen a coach just crack down, uh, a, a test, so just in a team, crack down at McDonald's as they walked onto main stage. And I saw it as a caster because I was obviously behind the scenes. And I'm just like, and I brought it up to the caster. Went, well, they might be a little bit lethargic since I just saw them wolf down some Big Macs. Um, Swallowed a Big Mac. Yeah, and obviously the fans went, oh, that doesn't mean anything. It's bullshit. Right? I'm sitting there going, no, it does. It does. Like, unfortunately, in Call of Duty at the moment, some of these teams have to be taught how to be adults. And, go, yeah. you know, like reciprocity, yeah. right? Take the reciprocity team. Love those guys. Couldn't couldn't love that team more for its content <laughs> for everything. But when I found out they just basically never cooked in that team house and just ordered out every day for every meal, I honestly just wanted to strangle the fucking lot of them. I was just sitting there going, <laughs> "What are you doing? Like, what? How is that a way to live for a year?" I, I was like, "I don't even want to. I don't even take the financial side out of it, which would have cost them an absolute shit ton." I was like, yeah, "How is that a way to live? Like the most unstructured." ridiculous way of living that anyone has ever just order out every meal even if you have the money that's that's you know somebody cook just hire a personal chef for fuck's sake there's seven of you or whatever it is you might have saved the money on takeaway and delivery fees and tipping and all that if you did have a professional chef but it's funny look back to the first event i want to say the first event maybe it was london there was some content pre-season a uh, pre-event rather where Shotzi was shown to not know how to use a knife and fork at the same time and clay <laughs> and clayster and crim were just like what you know and and that's part of it man that's part of like growing up and being an yeah. adult like, i know there's all these jokes about like players like i've never done i've never done laundry before or whatever and it's like yeah it's fine but like you just 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 get on with it man like you need that that's a form of coaching i suppose and it's very hard mate i'm not there's no right answer here it takes time effort and money and attention to detail to really make a difference there but it's tough yeah. it's very tough I oh, know it's, it's, it's don't it's, don't envy anyone in that position. <laughs> it's fucking hard work. That's that's another problem with it. Like if you're a coach now, there are some players you will have to basically be an adult to and say, "Yo, have you even done your do this fuck?" You can't just sit there in your pants stinking for four days on the end, man. Like for fuck's sake. Like first of all, it's disgusting, and second of all, there's no way you're in peak performance if you haven't showered in three days. Now, I'm not saying any pro players do this, but like there are some of them just missing basic life skills because they've moved now to play. Yeah, if you can smell yourself while rotating, you've done a bad job. <laughs> like, but it's yeah. funny, man. It's fuck. There was there was another example of this. God, I'm 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 enjoying the rant, but yeah, man. It's it taking care of the players, making sure they're on decent sleep schedules. I think that's one of the biggest ones. Player sleep schedules. Um, yeah. Dudes who are going to bed at you know nine a.m. the next day to get off for scrims for three p.m. You're not in a good state, dude. You're but, not in a good state. That's you what... haven't moved your body. You haven't eaten a vegetable. You've just been smashing McDonald's yeah. and drinking energy drinks. Like you're not in a good way. That should come under the coaching thing, though. like taking yeah. care of yourself outside the game. Like that's what, like I'd be pissed if I was a coach and I found out a player had done that. I'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Because right, there's no way you're turning that. up to this first scrim awake. And if you don't, if you don't turn up to your scrims, like it's fine. Turn, I mean, don't get me wrong. At the moment, there's still a problem in Call of Duty of people actually turning up to their fucking scrims on time but if you're not turning up ready like and i don't mean just you know your controllers plugged in you've stuck your headset on <laughs> i mean 
that you are in that mental space, ready to play, full throttle from the kill. off. I don't want to yeah. hear you need two, three fucking maps to get into the mind zone because I mean, we've just wasted thirty-five minutes of everyone's time. Like, yeah. you should be there. And now we're all pissed. Yeah. You've 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 just put oil in the water, man. Like you've messed up the solution, and now we, this is a bad day of practice, really. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mate, it's, it's it's hard. It's really hard. What about Cold War? Yeah, yeah, Cold War. Still, Cold War. <laughs> this was not supposed to be a Rostovania rant, right? Cold War. Um, so we obviously it was good got, though, we, mate. It was good. It was we, good. Yeah. It was real good. <laughs> feel like this is the what happens at events we end up talking about like this shit for hours i miss you so much man um you too, man. You too. <laughs> oh that's another one with with during covid it's so hard to check in on players because you can't go near them you're like how you doing and they're on the phone like yeah i'm great i'm like are you in your pants do you smell of shit and they're like no <laughs> no of course they don't you can't go over there and make sure i'm sure tough, there, was, I'm sure there was more than one uh player cam during the year where the players just sort of just move their trash off their desk you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just woof. that's out of camera shot now that'll oh, do jesus um oh, jesus. anyway cold war so obviously yep. the mock player reveal has now come and gone interesting way to reveal by the way three hours of it i never normally we never normally get to see that much of just streamers yeah, playing saw, like, everywhere every mode we saw every we saw yeah. loads None of this, like, oh, you know, here's a map. You yeah. know, they were like, fuck it, go for it. Alpha's yeah. ready, go for it. Here's here's a here's a bunch of terrible people playing this game, um, that is, <laughs> which has happened before. Um, yeah, it has. This is uh, this is like you get to see like all different skill levels. Like there were pro players in there just cracking skulls. There were influencers. There were big streamers. And it was interesting to watch like all of it gone down. I mean, the biggest part take well, okay, two biggest takeaways. First biggest takeaway was uh, named his jacket, unbelievable. Um, the Wheeler Dealer. The Wheeler Dealer. I, the Wheeler Dealer. Honestly, he can get you anything you want. It does look like it comes straight out of Peckham, <laughs> doesn't he? That is that. Somebody, somebody said, hey, aren't you the gunsmith from Cold War? I was like, bro, I loved it, man. I loved it. Loved it. Um, Wheeler Dealer. The other thing is, like, we obviously, and this is uh, something that, you know, you'll know as well as most people. I find it very difficult to judge a game until I get hands on because people always look yeah. at the recoil and recoil never looks the same. Although I've been hearing from players, recoil was quite low this year. TTK is a little bit higher, which I'm always happy about. And people said, "Oh, sliding, sliding's already been changed." I think that was that's probably one of the biggest takeaways is that there's already been a tweet from a developer going, "Oh, by the way, we've changed sliding," and I'm like, "We're in for a good year." <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think the, the not necessarily not even just the hands on of the devs but like i just think like a lot of the stuff and this is from this is from internal conversations that we've had with um specifically Beanox. Beanox are the guys who basically do do the pc side of it there's a lot of battle integration there but they also do like the podcast revelation shit like that yeah. and we had like a full day meeting i didn't say all this like, i just signed a fucking thing this is just <laughs> like what we do at work and we, we spent a full day talking to them about like redesigning Codcaster, redesigning what is important to give a viewer um, so that they are informed, you know? And that's where we got to with um, the Modern Warfare uh, Codcaster interface, which was pretty clean. It gave us everything we needed. We could make tweaks on the fly. And again, this is because the Observer team are basically on the phone with Beanox all the time. Like if there's a problem, like we can't read the scoreboard because OGLA's white is just the same as the font. And it's just a little distracting and it looks bad on mobile next event is changed you know um so that's really cool but i think like the there's a lot of stuff that we had passed on feedback wise at the beginning of mw that couldn't quite make it until this year little yeah. things like when you play hardpoint now and this is going to be the same in podcast this is the same in the game you currently only see the hardpoint yeah. and when it rotates it rotates in this next game and in podcaster there is an icon on the map and in the user interface that says next 
shows you as the user, as the as the player, and as the viewer yeah. where we're going to after this. And that for me is so big. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people like, oh, it's really newbie. Fuck off. Fuck off. See, that's that's an interesting like, one because so I've always said, and there's always been this argument, right? And I've got in trouble for it before <laughs> um, because as I sometimes express myself in professional meetings, not quite as nicely as some other people um, because I don't want to just sit there and lie. Yep. There's this, always been this thing about bringing more casuals to Call of Duty, and there are two methods yeah. that I've, I've, I've seen in, in, in businesses I've worked with as well, where they've gone, right, well, why don't we just like shove everybody in and hope some stick? And I'm like, that's a terrible fucking way to do it, because you don't get the people you want. You just get idiots. And even then, it doesn't really work. I said, why not just make something as great as possible and then just have easy ways for them to get to competitive? Because competitive, here's the thing hmm. that everybody just needs reminding. Competitive is fucking great. Yeah. It's just fucking great. That, that's why we play it, because it's great. <laughs> we don't play it because we're, we're pretending to be elite. We're just A lot of us play it because it's more entertaining than normal Call of Duty, and it gets rid of a lot of the stuff we don't like. Right? Yeah. Competitive is great. So just let people see how great it is. The hard point change you just spoke about is great because it doesn't affect the competitive scene in any way because... Let's face it, if you're not rotating in the last cause by 20, 30 seconds anyway, you've probably fucked it up. But yeah. if you're a new player and you're playing linear competitive hardpoint for the first time, not knowing where the next hardpoint is means you're going to get smashed. But if you get 10 seconds, you go, oh, right, we're going over there. Cool, because I play with some casuals, um, some of my cousin's friends, and they're supposed to be pretty decent pups. Up. Terrible players, by the way. So I'm just shitting <laughs> on them as a as an below-average comp player. But they're like, I was like, let's go play hardpoint. And they're like, oh, I've never played it before. And then they're, like, they're running around last. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, that is a change, a good, positive, sensible change. Help competitive yeah. attract casuals. Not changing the number of players, not doing, you know, not restricting. It's, it's something that is a quality of life change that doesn't make anything bad. That's that's what I love about this. It's what I love about fucking Vondahar and Treyarch. And I think they're, they're even more, they're leaning into it now. It's become a self-sustaining meme. There was, mm-hmm. I, I think it was, it was either Ghost, what came before Black Ops 3? I've gone completely blank. What was the year before uh, Black Ops 3? It was, was it AW? AW? I think it was AW. AW. So yeah. I saw Von Der Hart at the AW Champs, right? Speaking to him outside on the car park deck by the restaurant sort of thing. You have to understand if you're in a champ. And I said, hey man, what is, uh, you know, is, uh, is Black Ops 3 good next year? <laughs> he looked at me and he went, Dude, I invented into this competitive shit. What do you think? <laughs> and I was like, "You're fucking yeah, right. Good. You're fucking right. We're gonna yeah. be good." And XP was amazing. Um, and it, it it was great. Like, it's it's one of these things. Like he he gets it and he gets it more and more. And obviously, there's always gonna be conflict, right? There'll mm. be shit in Cold War that the competitive scene will be like, "Oh, maybe we can change." But like, but we've got so much good stuff. Like, yeah, so much good stuff. Like theater coming back is. Doesn't sound like it's a competitive thing, but my god, it is. <laughs> we no, don't have right to run. Co- yeah, right on. But I'm, I'm even in the point where like a lot of people are complaining about um, kill streaks or score streaks now maintaining or persisting through death. Yeah, and it's a it's an accumulative score that um, you know stays with you, and it's not super easy to get. I'm like, okay, cool. So instead of in this game when Modern Warfare was like three kills gets you a UAV, five kill gets you whatever, blah 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 blah. Now it's like the the score streak is much more like a payload ability, or let's say. Like a specialist ability than it yeah. is a streak. 
you know and yeah it's sure it's something that you could drop on the map whenever you want but it's something that you have to build up to it's something that you're rewarded for with good gameplay like and again we saw in the beta it's not like you're just getting it because like little timmy and let's face it <laughs> timmy the tap man wasn't running around with a chopper gunner who had the chopper gunners in the beta the scumps the zoomers the tape. good players yeah right? tape the guys who were slaying so like immediately off that face value i'm like cool man if Tim the Tatman can't run around and do that, then <laughs> fine. Don't get me wrong. I love Tim. He's hilarious. Him raging at scum killing him was hysterical. But like, just look at it from a from a competitive standpoint. There, we're like, cool. I'm not going to jump into a pub, get slapped around, and be like, <laughs> check this shit out, and throw a chopper gunner down. No, I yeah. haven't that shit. So again, I, I think there's a lot of very very cool changes in this game that I'm excited about. I'm excited to see control back. Dom can fuck off. I'm very yeah, excited. Yeah, so bad. Truly, <laughs> truly excited. Dom is so hard to watch, man. And yeah, we got better at it towards the end, but it's so hard to watch. It's hard to tell a story. Don't love it. Control is probably my favorite game type in Call of Duty. I'm going to say it. Yeah. I loved it in BO4, man. I loved it. And I think it's going to be great in this one. Um, I just I just hope that we, I, I hope that we, as a league, like, again, I don't know too much about the behind scenes here, but like, I hope we lean into all the cool shit that Treyarch are putting into this game and, and we can make something really great with it really really great with it it's that's a funny thing you mentioned about you know going to control because i saw somebody complaining about it it's like oh can't we have ctf or dumb i'm like look trust me i've been around every competitive game mode there can be in call of duty history right ctf right just to be clear only works if the map design and the spawn manipulation allow it that hasn't happened in about six years for it to be the perfect game mode and there is an argument, and it's an internal, it's an industry argument, and it's from like developers and publishers or whatever. And I've heard it so many times, I fucking hate it. It's oh, but what if it gets like really tense towards the end? What if X happens? It'll be a great standoff, like with Dom. Oh, what if they have to trip cap to get the win? I went, yeah, but that may be like one game out of a hundred. <laughs> Please don't base a competitive mode of what could happen in one mode out of a hundred, because then we get shit like Blitz. Because everyone goes, oh. How tense is it when it's all at the end? I went, yeah, but the first eight minutes of the game were dog shit. <laughs> yeah, just boring. Same with Dom. It's the same with Dom. Yeah. It's like, cool. So what? You just got shot at each other and, to, and for no like discernible reason yeah. without being a savant and knowing everything inside out. And then at the end, sure, it's tense. Like, hey, it's just tough, man. But control is like, you watch those numbers. There is cause and effect for literally yeah. everything a player does. It's a good game mode. It's a really good game mode. Hard point's tough, t- tough to follow at times without... I mean, when I first joined the scene... <laughs> that one didn't make it easier but when i first joined the scene i was like i was like oh it's like king of the hill and even then i was like this is tough to follow man i remember explaining it to people who i worked with outside of um esports and they were like this is really difficult to watch without you telling me exactly what's happening even listening to the commentators i'm struggling here so i was like cool that's a quality of life change that we've got in this game that's gonna really help but in general yeah like game modes have got to be easy to watch search and destroy amazing control a really nice mix between both search and hardpoint. I think we're in a good, a really good spot for the year. Yeah. Um, but the game, man, I like the look of it. I think it looks good as well. Like that's another cool thing about Treyarch Games. We talk time and time again. The color palette's nice. Player models look really good. Like it just looks like a good game. Yeah. It just looks good. I think it, there's an interesting divide right now on the Cold War front because I, I do a really stupid thing, Mars, and I'm sad to admit this, but I do go on some of the other COD Reddits. The casual Uh-oh. card reddits. Uh-oh. Occasionally just to see what the hot takes of the game are. Um, which is always fun. Here's, here's how bad Modern Warfare got me last year, by the way. Tangent, but still. This is how pissed off I was with the Modern Warfare subreddit at the start of the year. Here we go. I started writing a diss track. <laughs> I started writing a diss track. Like a to... price rap? 
No, to, it was based on Stormzy's Wily Flow. And I was rewriting the lyrics to call it Modern Warfare Wildly Slow because of how much that subreddit pissed me off. You smile um, like that. It was it was all right, but I obviously am not a rapper, and th that's basically where it fell down. I was sitting there going, "I'm not sure I can put this down," um, but like, there there's an argument at the moment about the looks of Cold War versus Modern Warfare, and people are going, "Oh, gunplay!" Someone actually said gunplay, uh, and the mechanics don't matter as much as how it looks. And I honestly wanted to reach through the screen and strangle that person from where they were sitting, because Modern oh, Warfare man. is a very pretty game, yeah. very pretty game. But the truth is, you know, if you're a comp player, all that shit's a blur most of the time. You're looking for movement. You're looking for other bits, pre-aiming stuff. Having a pretty game is great. I would prefer to have a spawn system that is intuitive so people can understand it very easily. I would prefer to have uncluttered um, parts of the map so I can see and figure shit out in that competitive way, right? Like, that's something I've always loved. I've always said, you know, Call of Duty has, I always call it the car sprinkle. I always imagine that developers go, right, there's our map. Fantastic. And then someone just comes in and just throws cars out and go, right, there's some cars now. Just in the places to explode. <laughs> random places. There we go. There's our cars. Um, it's not even cover. It's not. Yeah. Just, let's put your car here. Yeah. Ooh, somebody could jump off of this car into a place we didn't realize. Yeah. Put a car there. You get a car. Um, everyone gets a car. I, I, I know what you mean, man. Like the, the sprinkle was there. And I think looking back at like best competitive shooters of all time, Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah. Like. Yes. CS, we're talking bland. We're talking flat, minimal textures. The gameplay really ran the whole show there. That that's what we got. That's really what we got. Because the, the rest but. of it isn't, and this is sounds really weird, but the rest of it isn't as important as what no. you are doing and executing. I don't. No. You bear in mind, right? Like you won't remember, and this is just you won't remember the exact details on every map. It would no, just go into like colors and shapes after you've stopped playing it, like. You couldn't, unless you've got an eidetic memory or a photographic memory, you aren't going to be able to draw that accurately. What you will, do, if I asked you to draw it, Miles, and paint it in, you wouldn't be giving me all the details. You'd be just going, oh, fuck it, there's a square here and a doorway. And yeah. then you could go, and you would think about that map, how you navigate yeah. it. You think about maps of how you navigate them and sight lines. You don't go, oh, yeah, there was a really cool bit of mechanical kit on the wall. I enjoy looking at that while everything else is going on. And it's See, comp, can, it goes uh, for more. I know what you mean, but I can still go, all right, well, tire shop in Modern Warfare, on the second floor of tire shop, on the on the bench towards the left-hand side of the room force that faced the north of the map, there was a telephone, some C4, and there was a plan of Piccadilly Circus. Obviously, they blow it up at the start of the campaign. That was all there, and I remember seeing all that because I am that weird. But <laughs> that shit does not matter. Huh. It does not make... And if anything, Modern Warfare was a real uh, victim of that. That shit actually got in the way of the game, which for me is a cardinal sin. If there are things in the map that can randomly blow up, that can affect the player of no fault of their own, like environmental hazards that are seemingly random and tiny. Like if my bullet is going to get interrupted by a plastic bottle on the table and not hit the opponent, cost me a 1v1 gunfight, shit, they got rotation. Shit, they got spawns. I'm like, lads, don't blame me. Blame the bottle of Coke. That's cardinal sin for me, man. Again, look at Valorant. Squeaky clean, mate. There's minimal textures on that yeah. map. The pretty shit is in the background. Yeah. That for me is like... The gameplay has to come first. Don't get me wrong. I want the maps to be cool and memorable, but like the memories come from the gameplay, not from, do you remember that painting of Pablo Escobar in a Hawaiian shirt wearing some Astros yeah. in the back of Hacienda that we never saw that doesn't exist? No, like I, yeah, 
The gameplay's got to come first, man. Yeah, and I think Cold War looked great in that regard. Like it looked, it looked like it's a a, a maps maps that flow over. Well. I will say during the reveal, I didn't get to see as many maps as I would like to see that look like they'll be comp maps. Yeah, and, and I think Moscow, some of, some of that's yeah, some of that's like difficult to judge until you get in it. Yeah, I think Moscow it was a Moscow Miami. They're the sort of smaller ones we saw. Um, the the Dune one, Algiers, I forget where it was. Yeah. That one looked of other this the, like the satellite array one that looked a little big. Yeah, but who knows, man? Like that was like I don't know. I don't know that was, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. We never get the good maps on multiplayer reveal. No one <laughs> ne- that never happens ever. True. The good maps are in the the good maps are in the game. Um, and even if the good maps are in the DLC, we rarely get to see those anyway. But like, yeah, I- I'm excited. I genuinely am. I think Miami looked quite cool. There's a lot of windows. That was a little thing. I, I watched. I basically watched Priester throughout the entire um, reveal because yeah. like I find it much easier to learn a game when watching a single. POV, obviously. Yeah. Like, and that was that was what I did. And because he went through all the guns, he talked a lot. He explained attachments and shit. Love the new gunsmith, by the way. I'd love to see that now being a staple of COD. I think that's really cool. You know, like, yeah. I think that's. Re- I think I think there's a lot of really cool things. And there's another side point I'd like to go back here about like the direction of Call of Duty for the future. And I think Modern Warfare is was the kind of beginning of it. If 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 COD Mobile was the sort of beginning there, but yeah, man, like. I, I can't remember what my point was now, but basically the map design and the way things look so far is cool. Um, yeah. Nothing's that complicated. And I don't know. I just worry about the windows on Miami. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those but things. It. People don't maybe not realize this, and this is maybe the industry thing again. So I've done a lot of these launched games and I've done all this sort of stuff and I've consulted in the UK for show runs. And these are like, so I've done consulting on... And I've helped Activision out, in, at least in the UK side, of what maps we should be looking at, what modes we should be looking at for launches, the launches mm. and the DLCs. So I've done that, and I've had it go all the way up the chain and come back down, which is a, a massive change, just so we're clear. And like one of the crazy things, I can't remember, I think it was, I think it was Hijacked, right? I put Hijacked into the rotation of, oh, let's have a look at this map. I've played it before. You know, this, this would be a great map to showcase the game on. It came back down the chain saying, we can't use it. And I can't remember the reason for it. I was like, can't use Hijacked. And I'm like, fucking why? <laughs> and there's, there was something on there that the devs weren't happy with, either texture-wise or FPS or mm. play-wise. It's like the most random thing. So when you think, oh, they've just picked random maps to go in these reveals, it's never random. Ne- no. there, are, there is a reason you only see some maps. And it may be nothing. Like, I never knew what the actual problem with Hijack was because it seemed to play fine when I got into the pre-play stuff that they sent me. So it's just like, I don't know why, but clearly there is something that they have decided that is not to be shown, even though it's going to be one of the most iconic and most popular maps of all time. People know Hijacked uh, and have played the shit out of it because it's a good map, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. But you won't see that map in the reveal for X reason. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're building the house while trying to sell it. You know, the yeah. back of the house isn't ready. And was like, can we have a look at the pool? Like, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's in the plans. Yeah, it's hard, man. I think, I think where we're going now with the direction of COD for the future um i think it's in a cool place we look at like cod mobile is probably one of the most successful mobile games in history yeah um and it's basically like call of duty's greatest hits maps modes guns characters you name it right and i think that is the sort of direction we are now moving with the triple a title release of every cod game so like modern warfare and warzone has sort of set the the sort of like tone for where we'll be forever now in call of duty because you look at like where cold war is now it's like they're not saying it's still within the same like call of duty universes like the multiverse of the of the call of duty world where like there's a modern warfare the prices you got your woods and the black ops world or whatever and and then so on and so forth um 
but I think like the the continuation of the Warzone world in Wars in uh, Cold yeah. War, sorry, including all the stuff you bought, the characters you've unlocked, even maybe the map and the story that comes with that shit, mm-hmm. that is going to persist now forever. That is going to be linked to your Activision account. That will go with you across Cold War, whatever the hell is next, and whatever the hell Warzone <laughs> looks like in that version. But that shit will stay with you, and I think that's really cool because for me, that puts us in a situation in the future where maybe we do have like a greatest hits of COD AAA game yeah. that just keeps getting updated. And if you want to play the newest campaign, just a DLC, man, you just grab that, and that becomes like a game in itself. But I just think that's where we're going in the future. I'm like, I don't know that. I, I've no tell this is coming purely from like this is what we're looking with now and going forward that could be a reality i just yeah. think that's where we're going man and i like the looks of cold war and if 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 the wars and integration thing works really well i'm pumped mate i'm pumped and i'm ready yeah i'm I pumped mean, i agree i've always said i think cod needs a more distant kind of transfer of key mechanics things like theater mode yeah. i never wanted to see theater mode go away again even though i know it takes up a lot of room I love it, and it's always in Black Ops games. It's never in any other games. So I have to, you know, either have to record everything or re- rely on, you know, Nvidia Shadow yeah. Play and all this other stuff. You know, but I agree. You know, I think hopefully it keeps consistent. Warzone going consistent is a great sign, and I think we'll even see more competitive stuff because of that. I think they're going to double down on it this year. They've already done like behind what I like to call behind the scenes uh, tournaments, like. You know, Nick Merck's got an Activision partnership. Uh, Vic Star mm. got an Activision partnership. They're all about doing these big tournaments and obviously Activision's putting them prize money up for them because they want it to be popular and people do play it. Um, but let's go into questions from the chat, Mars, because I don't want to take up too much of your time. Like I said, I'm going to do about an hour-ish. Um, someone's asking this one. Could you please ask Miles if he agrees with making player salaries public like C9 is doing with their CS teams? Oh, that's right. The new GM, Henry G, is not wasting any time whatsoever. I do like it, personally. I... I love the idea that we as viewers or as pundits get to know everything, right? The more knowledge we have as viewers, the power, right? And the now for players, knowledge is power and for orbs. And I just think everyone can just make more informed decisions. Oh. People, someone asked across, me about the, the drawbacks the of it. Someone asked me about the drawbacks of it because I saw someone tweet going, oh, why aren't we public with it anyway? And I'm like, there are several good fucking reasons why we're not public with it. Um, yeah. None of them. Reasons that means I would be against it. I'm still all for it. I'm surprised agents haven't leaked how much they got their players. But here's a few things that people probably don't realise, or probably do realise, but I haven't thought about. The If you are, say, I don't know, Methods, I think, tweeted saying, why is it all public? If Methods was being paid 200000 a year and had a bad event or fucked up, then all the criticism would go towards him going, you're being paid 200000 a year, you shitter. Or you're being paid... Two thousand a year, two hundred thousand a year, and this person's only been paid a hundred thousand. Why the hell are you on the team? You're not even worth that. Like that is a new level of abuse. If everybody knows what everybody's being paid, and then there's the internal side of that same argument. If you're playing with someone who's on less money than you, and they think they are better and performing better, they're going to turn around and look at you and going, "You're shit." Like, why are you being paid more than me? You know, all this internal politics. And I don't think any of those are reasons that we shouldn't have it, but they are reasons to think about. Yeah. They are certainly and something that should happen. Mate, that could be the same thing for talent. That could yeah. be the same thing for the coaches. That could be the same thing. It's it's just it's not even business. It's just sort of like it's misinf it's not misinformation. It's a sort of and it's an emittance of truth to create a situation where like you can come out on top. So like there are some players who are seriously benefiting. Again, this is speculative. There are players who are benefiting massively 
from the fact that, well, so-and-so's getting this much money. Could be a rumor, could be could be a flat-out lie. Yeah. You need to pay me this. If he's getting that, I need to get this. That guy might not be getting anything. That could be Scotty Pippen over there not being paid. <laughs> you know, that, that that's that's the truth of the matter. And it's like, and until this, if this were all public, then you could go, well, this guy's got the best stats. He's a great leader. He's good in the interviews. Yeah. He's won all these chips. I think he should be paid a lot of money. Who are you? The guy who hasn't won anything, who is a bit of a twat on Twitter. You know, all you like to do is complain. I don't really want to pay you as much as I pay yeah. number one, dude. You know, that. I think that's really, really important. I think, I think it's really, really important. I, I am fully for player salaries going public because, first of all, you're being paid that much anyway. So you've clearly at some point, if you're a player, you've clearly gone, yeah, that's how much I'm worth. So you then shouldn't really be allowed to hide and go, oh, I don't want people knowing because, you know, they'll talk shit about me. And the other part is, you know, I think it, it actually empowers the players. Because then they can negotiate in an honest forum. You can't be lowballed if you know what the industry standard is. Yeah. I know and that lowballing happens all the time. It happens yeah. in our jobs. It happens everywhere, man. Yeah. And it does mess everything up for everyone. It drives players out. It drives commentators out. You name it. Look at Henry G's post, man. Like he, he's really driven. He's leading the forefront here, brother. Like yeah. of of exposing how difficult this job can be, and the the same rules apply to the players in every regard. I uh, I'll tell this story because I don't I don't know whether or not it'll it'll come out, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um. So, in terms of what you just said, this happen- you are right, it happens in ours. Let me give you an example of a horrible one I heard recently. So, as casters, you can be paid a good amount of money because, obviously, it's not just the 12 hours of broadcast and everything beforehand, the prep, and the time you're not being hired, right? You have to be full-time, but you also have to, like, you only may only work, like, 12 days out of a month. It's a really weird scenario, but you have to be paid extra because of that, because of the volatility and the want and everything else, right? So, when you get undercut, because it may look like a lot of money, but when you get undercut, so I heard a, a story that a friend of mine was speaking to me about it. He says, oh, I had to reach out to this other caster for freelance work because um, we needed him to do a show. And I was like, oh, okay, because a lot of times we do day rates. You don't really do a half day rate because you're not doing anything else that day. This person was charging by the hour, Miles, Ooh. by the hour, um, and they were charging, I want to say 12 quid an hour <laughs> to cut. Decent production, like decent kind of level stuff but they didn't have any faith in themselves they just wanted to get jobs yeah. and i'm like and i'm like Bend that knee, is mate. yeah that knee. is like undercutting everybody else and while you know take your personal opinions of what people should be paid aside realize that you know there is obviously an industry here and people try to keep it at a reasonable level so people can live when everybody races to the bottom nobody wins apart from tournament organizers and because all the yep. bitching and infighting and undercutting just hurts talent in the long run because even if you are trying to get your name out there, trying to get jobs, so you're undercutting like mad, eventually you'll realise, like, shit, I can't really live on this and I want to be paid better. But I don't have a benefit for it. And when I try to put my prices up, well, then you might be the next victim of undercutting. You might yeah. be the guy, like, who someone asked to do a three-hour show and they're going to do it for 30 quid. And you're like, well, kind of going to need, like, 300. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need a bit more than that to, yeah. to, to justify travel. And this, yeah, man, that and that happens... And that'll happen with the players. That's going to happen right now with the players, by the way. That is going to Waskins, happen. There was a deleted tweet from Waskins where he, he, he tweeted at Minnesota. It was like, I'll sign for free. Let's just do this. You know, as a way to be like, to, to undercut maybe assault as like a way to tell them yeah. as the way to get him back. The tweet got deleted. It's on Reddit, whatever. I don't know the motive behind that. But it, it's going to happen. At some point, someone's going to be like, I need to play. I need to stay relevant. I need to keep my stock up. I'm willing to take a massive cut as a decent player in order to just get on a roster. Yeah, I Mate, mean, players did that this year. Hunger Games begin. Players did that this year. There are players who did that this year who signed yeah, up. Yeah. Admittedly, slightly different. They signed a slightly less deal because they wanted to to play. Um, 
but it's 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 mad about the fact that this is I think PlayStation is coming out as a great idea. Fucking do it. Just great fucking idea. do it. Just get in great the open, idea. be honest with everything. It's not gonna hurt you. It isn't gonna Change hurt you the in the world. long run. Yeah. Change the world for um, the benefit of all of us. Last question. Um Last question, and I'll let you go, Miles. Uh, any word on an anti-cheat for Warzone? Worried about that with the carryover? I think there's already an anti-cheat in Warzone, but it's just... Is so- there? <laughs> here's, I don't know. Here's, here's my understanding of it, right? People don't understand, like... And I'm not making excuses for Warzone. I don't care. I got killed by <laughs> I got killed by a hacker yesterday. Hacking and an anti-cheat is not just, oh, we'll put an anti-cheat in, we fixed it all, right? That's not how it works. How it works is there is a continuous arms race from, right, we've patched that exploitation, and then the hackers go, right, well, we've had a way around that exploitation, then they patch it again, find a way around again, and it just hammers on over and over again. And the reason it looks like it's worse in Warzone than something else is because Warzone is free. That's it. You don't have to, there is no monetary penalty against it. Nope. You don't burn your copy of the game. You don't, you know, they don't strike you. They still want the IP or hardware bands. That'd be ideal, but they don't do that. It's hard to do that. I don't think there is anything that can or will be happening except for the dev- The developers have to identify the exploits. And yeah. if anyone has ever looked into hacking, like I came from IT, I, I, came, I, was a, I was a systems administrator for like seven years. We're like, we freak out when every now and then you get an email like, boys, there's a certain version of Adobe, you know, flash player that has a serious exploit in it we gotta patch <laughs> that shit now otherwise the russians are coming that that's that's yeah. basically like what you have to do and you have to, it's it's always like a bizarre backdoor way in it's like it could be your mouse driver that allows you to get into warzone freely yeah. you know or you've got a controller and that fact that you run a controller might be the way in and like the game you trick the game into thinking the controller is a control and really it's an evil device that's hacking the game and allowing you to shoot <laughs> noobs through walls it's very difficult to do yeah. that shit. And I really sincerely hope that going forward we can yeah. find a fix. Yeah. I say we, but yeah. they can find Me a fix. Me and Miles are on it. We're on it. <laughs> I got tweets. I got tweets all the time. Fix your game. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best one we get as a caster. Okay. Oh, why are you fixing the game? I don't fucking know. Start to do the me. game. Yeah. Stop talking. Stop. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because trust me, what we want to do as casters is sit there waffling shit. Oh, it's warm. <laughs> and we've got the lights in our eye. Trust me, my favourite time of casting is when the camera comes off me. <laughs> I can just talk and yeah. relax and talk about the game. I can um, let my gut go. That's my yeah, favourite part. Yeah, yeah, me too. I can finally... It's little full out. <laughs> <laughs> I can yeah, sit yeah. down it's, during it's... S&Ds. That's my one. I think, I think that's what, yeah, the problem... I don't think there'll be a, a fix anytime soon, but I know that... Um, I know that this right? is... I've, yeah, it has to be continuous, but I, I know there's been a lot of back and forth, and I just know this is a serious problem. And obviously, the fact that like massive streamers are tweeting about it every single time, you know, Ninja says this game, XYZ, or Shroud, or Tim Tatman, any of them, they hear it. And whether they can do something about it or not, yeah. that's that. Yeah, it really is. Uh, all right. Well, I think that will wrap this one up very nicely. Thank you so much, Mars, for joining me. Um, I appreciate you coming on, man. And I hope in the off season you've got lots of free time because I'll certainly be asking you back. All right on, mate. We've got to carry on that chat about how to be a, a professional coach and how to manage personalities and whatnot. Oh, I'm truly because that, that there is nine hours in that. Yeah, there, what do there you it do is. If they start crying, what do you do if they're angry at another player for something that player said? What do you? <laughs> I was I was tempted to see if I get together like a coach's panel and just grill them all. Um, but I, I don't know whether or not they would be entirely enthused about that. If you know what I mean, like. No. I think you poke a lot of holes there in uh, I would poke in a lot of holes. Plans, I would poke a lot of holes. Like I said, yeah. I consider some of the coaches right this. No idea if they're good or not. It could be terrible. 
could be yeah. shocking. Um, if, look, the way I look at it, last point on this, if Teep had to retire, it's fucking hard, all right? <laughs> it's hard. If Teep couldn't wrangle those boys, it's not an easy job. Yeah. Teep's never failed anything in his fucking life, so... He's a better smart <laughs> man, he's well-spoken, and he's authoritative. If he failed, there's no hope for yeah. most of us. <laughs> uh, okay, so... First of all, Miles, any last words for the podcast before I kind of wrap things up here? Mate, last words for the podcast. Thanks, Bryce, for having us on, of, of course. And thanks for the listeners, wherever you are, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, all those live on Twitch. Like, appreciate you all. Um, I look forward to shitting on all of you in Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Thank you very much, Miles. I'm sure to check out the stream when you go live. Um, all right. If you are watching this, thank you so much for joining us towards the end. Again, thank you to Miles. It's always glorious talking about Call of Duty with you, my friend. Um, and also everybody who followed. Miles, thanks for subbing while we were live. That was a, that was an interesting one I saw come up on the oh, side screen. Uh, thank you, everyone who's followed it. Thanks for the bits, actually, that's just got cheered by King Frederick. King, Fre uh, King Frederick. See, I'm going to bits here. Um, also, if you are listening to this on the podcast or whatever, please let me know. I, it's actually mad how many people download this. Uh, on apple and stuff so that's that's awesome to see subscribe to the youtube i have a special plan for a thousand subs so if i get to there i have i have it's not a massive video but it's just it's just something to say thank you very much um but yeah this has been the bryce cast we'll be back we may even have two this week as well thank you so much for listening we'll see